Ladies and gentlemen, grunts and girls, welcome to episode 19 of Bullets to Beans. As always, I'm your host, Doc Joslin. This is the last week of July 2020, and what the fuck is going on, America? That's what we're going to talk about today, folks. Some critical things happening in our country, and we want to focus in on understanding it a little bit more. Not trying to add to the fear, but trying to open some people's eyes. So we're going to talk about the breakdown of our society and everything that's happening. So stay tuned. It's coming up. Bullets to Beans, your weekly military and veteran podcast with Doc Joslin. Born from the passion of taking care of our nation's veterans and warriors, Remedy Alpine, owned, operated, and staffed by veterans, provides a variety of therapeutic adventure and backcountry recreation programs ranging from single-day hikes to multi-day, multi-night mountain treks and even basic mountaineering adventures. For more information, visit them at www.remedyalpine.org. Remedy Alpine, reminding you to work the mountain and rest your mind. All right, folks, this week we're going to start like we normally do, going over some basic coronavirus statistics. So what we're going to cover in the first segment is coronavirus, because that's part of what's messing up not just America, but the world right now. So as per usual, starting up in Alaska, there's a total case count from the inception of it becoming a problem to today. 2,249 cases, 19 deaths, 111 total hospitalizations. Those are total case counts. There's currently only 27 people in the hospital in Alaska from COVID. Going larger on our stats here in the United States, 4.137 million cases with 145,000 deaths. Across the world, looking at our globe, 15.8 million cases in 641,000 deaths. Now that those statistics are from the CDC and the World Health Organization, that proves that this is a disease that warrants attention, but the right amount of attention. So let's walk those disease incident rates and and death rates back. So with the statistics in the world, there's a 4% mortality rate across the world. 4%, you know, four people out of 100 that get this in the world will die. In America, because everyone's seeming to think that America is out of control and we're not doing anything because we like our freedom and we like our liberty and you're fucking right that we do. There's a 3.5% mortality rate. So we're doing better than the world, even though people think that we're living kind of garrulous and uh, love our freedom a little too much. Well, our whole country was founded on freedom. Up in Alaska... We've got a 0.008%, less than 1% mortality rate, okay? Now, it is blowing up. We are seeing more cases, but uh, we're still running a consistent less than 1% mortality rate for COVID up in Alaska. Just proof, again, that the great state of Alaska is better than everyone else. So, again, when it comes to social distancing, we do it better than anybody else. We put a whole fucking country between us and the rest of the United States. So, I've talked previously about the wear of masks. Let's let's address this again, because I found something in the last week and I'll put it in the show notes so people can reference it. And I'm going to read it. I don't normally like to read story time on Bullets of Beans, but I'll read this because it's something that goes against, see, and this is where I can be objective and keep my mind open. This goes against something that I've reported before. I've reported before that I found over 20 articles all published prior to 2020 about the wear of face masks and how 
they don't support it. Well, I actually found an article that does support it. So I will be objective and open-minded and I'll share it. And here's the abstract. So it's from PubMed, the National Library of Medicine, pubmed.gov. And it's from 2009. And this is around the pandemic crisis response and preparation mitigation work with H5N1, I believe was the, the pending crisis then. And the title of the research in the the article, face mask use and control of respiratory virus transmission in households. Okay. Key term households, not community, but it does support the use of masks. So I want to be objective about it. Here's the abstract. Many countries are stockpiling face masks for use as a non-pharmaceutical intervention to control virus transmission during an influenza pandemic. We conducted a prospective cluster randomized trial comparing surgical masks, non-fitted P2 masks, and no masks in prevention of influenza-like illnesses, ILIs, in households. Mask use adherence was self-reported, okay? So it's subjective data, and they're admitting it because it was self-reported data. During the 2006 and 2007 winter seasons, 286 exposed adults from 143 households who had been exposed to a child with clinical respiratory illness were recruited. We found that adherence to mask use significantly reduced the risk for influenza-like or ILI-associated infection. But less than 50% of the uh, participants wore masks most of the time. Again, mask adherence, which actually gives weight. Last week, I, I talked about how somebody cited data and they thought it was proving their point, but it was actually proving mine. This data actually proves everyone else's point and uh, supports the use of face masks. We concluded that household use of face masks is associated with low adherence and is ineffective for controlling seasonal respiratory disease. Okay, so if you don't wear masks, low adherence to face masks means that it's not going to, you know, you can't say that it helps control something if you don't wear it. Like a condom doesn't help you not get pregnant if it stays in your wallet or stays in your nightstand. However, during a severe pandemic, when use of face masks might be greater, pandemic transmission in households could be reduced. So this is one article that I found that actually prior to 2020 that actually supports or at least gives cause to the use of face masks and potentially being effective in the reduction of influenza-like illnesses and respiratory-borne transmission, respiratory viruses. But it takes consistent use of face masks. We're not seeing consistent use of face masks. They also talk about transmission. This research paper is also directed at the transmission within a household. And that's one thing that, by and large, I think people aren't doing is wearing a face mask in their household. And this is, again, the research paper was about, you know, being exposed to, let's understand the premise of the research being exposed to a child who had influenza-like illness, and then whether or not the use of face masks in the home would keep the adults from getting the the crud from the kid. But it is a research article that I found that lends credence to the use of face masks. So in my ever-striving attempt to be objective and see both sides of the coin, I thought I'd share it with folks. So let's get back to the whiners about this violates my freedom. Trust me, folks, there's nobody that loves freedom in our constitution more than I do. But I haven't found anywhere where this is a constitutional violation. Okay. And again, last week I mentioned, you know, if, if you choose to not wear a mask or if you cannot clinically wear a mask due to underlying health conditions and a vendor or shop owner starts digging into your ass a little bit, they can only ask certain questions. They cannot ask you, well, what is your medical condition? You don't, you're under no obligation to disclose your medical condition to anybody, right? But that vendor should have the right to refuse service to you. And as a consumer, you have the right to go somewhere else 
trust me, there's enough shops, there's enough vendors, there's enough places, even with mandates that were just put in place again this week by Anchorage Mayor Ethan Berkowitz. There's still, I, I've, I've gone into many shops, and I'm not going to name them, but I've been in many shops where the shop owners or the, the, the managers of the store or whatever are like, yeah, you can take it off if you want. People just aren't being compliant. And keep in mind, our death rates in Alaska are some of the lowest in the country, and in America are lower than the rest of the world. We have, a, you know, advocating for that, and I'm not saying that's right. That's just what I'm observing. I would say across the Anchorage borough up here, there's probably about an 80% compliance, which is a lot better than what I thought it would be. So this mask thing, there's a lot of conspiracy theories behind it. Keep in mind, the term conspiracy theory was created by the CIA and it people that were the original conspiracy theorists were the people that knew the truth. Just going to say that. Keep in mind that there are a lot of people who think that there is you know, some social experiments going on with uh, the, the, the mandated use of masks. I'm not going to get into all of that. What I will say is we're in a different time right now. And I'm not going to say new normal because there's nothing fucking normal about what's happening in the United States or other developed nations right now because of coronavirus and everything else that's happening across the world. There's other shit that's happening and it's kind of like the sleight of hand. You know, everyone's looking at the left hand because it's moving and no one's paying attention to everything that's happening over in the right hand. It's a magician trick, but there's a lot of things happening right now in the world and it's just not getting reported. So we'll close out this brief segment on coronavirus, it's still serious. People are still dying. Still wear your face mask. If, if, it's, if it's a mandate to wear a face mask, just wear your face mask. I'll be an asshole about it. And again, if that's your battle, if, if that's your, if that's the high ground that you want to take is fuck you, I'm not wearing a face mask. Then you fight that fight to the best of your ability, but understand that there's nothing in the constitution that protects you. So, and if there is, if there's some actual attorney or constitutional professor or somebody that can show me where what's in our constitution that the, the mandated wear of a face mask is a violation of our liberty and freedom. You know, it just doesn't, might not feel comfortable, but that doesn't make it wrong. So, and here's the thing on the off chance that the research, like what I just cited is accurate and it does save a life. It's kind of an asshole thing to do to not want to help other people. You know, I work in healthcare, obviously full-time. And um, if, if it's, if, if it can save one life, it's, it's probably worth doing. Anyway, what else specific to coronavirus before we get into America just falling apart? That's about it. All right, folks, hang tight. We'll be back in just a moment. We're going to get into some stuff that's not really being reported very heavily on the uh, mainstream media, things that are going on around the world, things that are going on within our country that I really think that you should open your eyes and pay attention to. So stay tuned. Next segment's coming up. If you're looking for some wicked commando-inspired morale gear, t-shirts, hats, stickers, patches, flags, hoodies, and some very fucking cool art, check out 30secondsout.com. They've got everything you need. They support other veterans' programs, and they are veteran-owned. Check them out at 30secondsout.com. So what else is happening in the world? Well, basically it's falling apart. That's about all I can come up with. Let's talk about the total degradation of our society. Portland's been under siege for over 55 days with active protests and riots. The federal buildings and property are being destroyed, burned, completely overrun. Local officials haven't done anything. They've basically been asleep at the wheel, refusing to intervene or lock the city down in an effort to uh, stem the violence and the destruction. So then President Trump, and I'll talk more about him at the end. So then President Trump does, in my opinion, what is actually the right decision. And he sends Federal Protective Services law enforcement officers to secure federal property and federal building and to protect it. This caused just a flare up of more violence and more riots. Folks, you got to understand the federal government not only has the right, it has an obligation to protect your property. You paid for it. It's taxpayer stuff. So they're doing what they should be doing. And if they're snatching people up off the street that are known 
writers and people that have been known caught on camera have evidence whatever are known to be people that are burning down federal property or state property they have every right to be arrested and they should be they should be held accountable for their actions we can't get into total anarchy where there's no no accountability for the destruction that's happening across our country so everyone's up in arms with the president for sending in what they call federal troops but i was a federal troop I was in the army. Those aren't troops, folks. Those are police officers to protect federal property. Well, if if Governor Brown had done her job and not allowed this insurrection, it might have worked out a little bit differently. But unfortunately, because the president, again, it's very hard for me to get to the point where I'm, I'm having these kind of statements, especially in a very public forum. But the president got played like a fiddle, right? These far left as Democrat mayors and governors all along the western seaboard they played him like a fiddle. They knew he was hot-headed. They knew he was thin-skinned. And they knew that if he did nothing, if they did nothing, he would do something. Even if the right answer isn't always the best right answer. That might sound like a oxymoron and not like it like it doesn't make that much sense, but think about it. Just because it's right doesn't mean it's right. But he had no choice. They backed him into a corner. They knew if they did nothing that he would he he would respond. And he did. And he was played like a fiddle. Uh, they easy to he he's he can he, re, he can read like a Dr. Seuss book right now. You know you can predict what he's going to do. He's going to flare up and respond, and and then if he doesn't respond, he gets pinned into the corner for not doing anything. So I mean, the guy can't win for losing at this point in his presidency. Which I'll close on that note. I want to talk about one other thing before I go back to talking about the president. This national coin shortage. What a crock of shit. This is a myth and there's no way I can believe otherwise. I've never, I need to see some kind of proof or evidence other than a sign hanging on fucking Cabela's door saying there's a coin shortage. So you got to use, you know, cash and we might not be able to give you change or prefer to use your debit card. We've been very passively moving closer and closer every year to a cashless society or a less cash society, right? With common usage and the advents of money media like apple pay google pay paypal and the list is actually going on there's no way we are randomly while also in the middle of an international medical crisis that has allowed for the forced infringement of civil liberties there's no way that at the exact same time there's all of a sudden now a fucking national coin shortage i don't buy it so uh folks wake up kind of look around and see what's happening all around you again i don't like to promote fear. I don't like to get into the fear channels, but there's some things happening in our country, in our society that just, it's too convenient for it all to be happening kind of at once. And finally, and I'll close on this, this is going to be a short episode this week. I'm going to close on this. POTUS, 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 POTUS. Mr. President, it's been really hard to defend you the last few months. Your fucking Twitter account, I don't, you know, I believe in the first amendment, but let me tell you as a, as a service member, I was reminded repeatedly that I signed away my constitutional rights when I went into active service in the military. You're the commander-in-chief, which in my opinion makes you an active service member. Your fucking Twitter account should be shut the fuck off. Now, although the president's concerns yesterday might have been valid, he posted a tweet that recommended or hinted towards the delay of the fall election, the general election in November. His concern, obviously, being around mail-in voter fraud. And I want to I want to thank my friend Tommy O'Connor, who pointed something out to me in an interaction and, uh, and some 
post back and forth. I believe there is valid concern for voter fraud with the mail. But let's look at all the way back to the Bush election, the hanging chads. Let's look at how there was in the last election, supposedly the electronic voting machines were changing certain Republican votes to Democrat votes or Democrat votes to Republican votes. Most of it's usually shifted fraudulently towards the Democrat side is what, what I've read. So the, the traditional method isn't uh, foolproof either. We've had hangups with that for the last 20 years of elections as well. Voter fraud is a problem. The answer isn't delaying the vote. The answer is lock the vote down right. You know, and as far as the the concern about voting and coronavirus, you can make it simple, right? Mask mandates are all across the country as it is right now. No mask, no vote. You show up, you got a mask, you can vote. You can extend the hours of the polling places to accommodate a slower process. You can social distance your voting booths instead of having them stacked right next to each other. You can have them in the school gymnasium six feet apart from each other. There's ways to do this without delaying the vote and further impacting your already damaged reputation. Come on, Mr. President, you're a smart dude, or at least at one point in your life you were. You got to be better than this, right? So I'm going to close on this note. As veterans, I'm watching as a veteran, I'm watching the community, our society, our country just fall apart. You know, we've we've had a good run, what, 244 years roughly? I think that's it, 244 years. You know, we're about the breaking point of a lot of historically developed nations. Look how long some of the other nation states in history have gone before they collapse internally. Our forefathers predicted that if we collapse, we would collapse internally. We would not be invaded. Other people throughout history have predicted that if America falls, it'll fall internally, not from external force. I think external forces are having playing a role in, in, in helping us fall apart inside. So as a veteran, what can you do, right? We've got the elections coming up. And unfortunately, I don't think President Trump has the capabilities to fix our country right now. You know, when he got elected four years ago, the biggest concern was jobs, the economy, a weakened military. And he was able to, he, he was the guy to do that. And, and he did it all. He strengthened the economy. It was the strongest economy most of us on earth had seen in America in our life. He brought jobs back. Uh, he positioned us strategically uh, with trade partners in the world. He strengthened the military back to where we were respected again. And then coronavirus hit and it undid three years worth of work. You know, and that sucks for him. But now we've got other problems. And the problems that we're having now, he can't fix. With his history and his past, and my daughter's done a good job of bringing some things to my attention that I might not have seen or paid attention to before, right? But he's not going to be the guy who's going to fix the racial divide in our country. And that's what's literally ripping us apart internally right now. He just doesn't have that capability. He doesn't have that capacity. It's because of who he is and how he responds. So if he's not the answer going into 2020, who is? Uncle Joe ain't. I tell you what, that guy is not a closet pedophile. He's a public pedophile. There's no way in hell anybody should vote for that dude. So who's that leave us with? Joe Jorgensen. She's rising on the libertarian stage right now. But from what I'm reading, from the rhetoric that's coming out of her, her media pages and everything, I don't think she's the answer either. She's got a really aggressive move, really aggressive plan for her first 100 days, but I don't know that that's going to be the answer. Some of the stuff that she's got out there is a little bit too radical. I mean, we need a radical change, but... 
if you if you shake something up too fast, you can break it. And then some of the things that she's talking about, I don't think it's within the presidential powers to do without the support of Congress. So that would just put in another person in the office that's going to abuse executive privilege or executive power to make change that they want to see. And then the other thing that's concerning the libertarian people on the libertarian Facebook pages, websites, and everything that I've been on, they're no different than Republicans and Democrats. I've put on some things where I've questioned, not, not berated, not belittled, not insulted, but I've questioned some of the agenda items and immediately attacked, just like I was on a liberal page or just like I was on a conservative page. These folks are the same thing. They're just a different flavor. They have a different spirit animal for their fucking poster and they, they go gold instead of blue or red, they're gold, whatever. It's the same shit, just a different day. So we're pretty fucked folks. If, if, if the current president, if the seated president is not the solution to bring our country back together and the pedophile, that's just more than nothing more than a puppet for the Democrat party and the dude and the well-intentioned libertarian probably just doesn't have what it takes to a get the votes on the ballot to, to be elected. And then B their platform's probably not going to do anything to bring the country together. It's good talking points, but the execution I think would be challenged. So where, where does that leave us as a country folks? My opinion, a pretty frightening position. So I don't pretend to have the answers, right? But I, you know, as an NCO, it's like, don't just come to me with concerns, bring solutions with you. I don't have the fucking solution on this one. It's a little bit above my head. And we might not be able to fix Washington. That fucker thing is broke, right? But we can fix, we can, what I think we need to do and what I think the entry point of the solution train here is we got to start local. If you're not viewed or if you don't think that you're viewed as a leader within your community you probably are just for the simple fact that you're a veteran so there's some things that you can do to lead within your community to try to help preserve the republic that is the veterans that listen to this show that we fought for stay calm and stay uh, level-headed do not add to the divisiveness there's enough of that happening in our country right now if you're a veteran listening to this show, again, you're likely viewed as a community leader just for your service alone. And now's the time to step up and act like it. Be level-headed. You know, if you engage in political discussion, let it be discussion and not debate. And that's a lesson I need to learn myself too. I get a little too emotional and, and fired up about shit. Get informed and get smart. Figure out what's actually happening in your local or state level. Read and research in folks' Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's not research. Look at the, the important topics and things that are happening and get and do some actual research on it. Okay. And finally, get involved. Go to your city council meetings. Go to your county council meetings. Talk with your local representatives. Talk with your state congressional members. And then finally, talk to your federal congressional members. Make your voice heard. If you're a member within the VFW, the American Legion, Disabled American Veterans, any other veteran service organization or veterans group, make that voice heard right now. We've got a few months left. The country is decaying by the day. And I'm really concerned of what's going to happen with our society in November. Nobody's going to be happy. No outcome of that election is going to unify this country with the options that are on the table right now. So we need leadership from within. This isn't going to be a top-down thing. This is going to have to be a bottom-up thing. So I challenge you. This is my call to action for the show this week. As a podcast, I should have a call to action on every show. 
this is my call to action. Veterans and civilians that listen to this show, do the same fucking thing. Get involved, get informed, stay level-headed, be part of the solution. Don't be part of the problem. We've got 330 million people in our country right now, and about 300 million of them want to be the fucking problem and not the solution. So that's the show. I'm going to close out just with this. So coronavirus, let's recap real quick. Coronavirus, still a really thing, still killing people. Uh, give it the respect it deserves. If they ask you to wear a mask, just fucking wear a mask, dude. Get smart about what's happening in the country because the shit ain't good right now. That's about it. So next week, we'll have probably a couple shows. I'm on vacation next week, and I'm going to sit in my studio and play with my toys for a while. So look for some more content coming out. We're going to talk. Uh, Taryn and I still have the next show that we want to do about not being a victim and situational awareness, and that seems to be more important as society is having more problems. And I got some content recommendations from Glenn, my uh, my gay stripper, Navy friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the shows and giving me continual feedback. You're part of what's helping make this show good. So that's what we've got for this week, folks. Stay frosty, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bullets to Beans is an official media production of Lifeline Media, LLC, Eagle River, Alaska. Alaska.